Hello there, Pubcast fans, and welcome to a very special 133rd edition of the Agile Pubcast. Now, this is a surprise. We've got one from the archives for you. This was before Jeff and I were recording video, so it's an audio-only version. But we had to go back as far as 2017 to find this, and this was an episode that was recorded at the Knights Templar in Bristol with myself, Jeff, and Nigel Baker, who popped in for a chat. And we got talking about a question from one of our listeners who had a rather curious name, and uh, it was about the Agile PMO and whether there is such a thing. So we hope you enjoy it. We hope you're enjoying these hot months in the summer. Um, we thank you for your membership. And here comes another episode. Play the jingle. And we're live. Well, not live. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> Recorded as live, yeah. I think is what you mean. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Agile Podcast. The world's favourite Agile beer based, <laughs> alcohol based podcast. Three of us again today, got Nigel back. Special guest star, Nigel Baker. Yeah. Thank you, I'll introduce myself these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say special guest, I'm not so much special guest star. <laughs> well, it's like they always say with movies, isn't it? Who gets the and, you with, know, and yeah. with, or um, I saw on the um, Mayo and Commode podcast, they said, some films should have but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's like, so this is the Agile podcast with Paul Goddard, Jeff Watts, but <laughs> Nigel Baker. And yeah, yeah. um, I've bought you a special cider, do you like it? It's warm, yeah. So that's a great start. It came Thank out of the fridge. <laughs> it came out of the fridge. And warm. Out of the box. It's like it's, it's, it's a still cider. Yeah. I, I know you don't really like cloudy cider, so I got you a. No, it's still. It's um dry, very dry. Yeah. It's organic. Fantastic. Unlike those unorganic apples. <laughs> um, what was it called, Jeff? Wild wood. Oh, I do like a wildwood normally, but normally wildwood sparkling. This one. No, this is definitely a still, still organic organ- wildwood. It's a still wildwood. Oh, very nice. I think they're local, I think they're um, Thatchers, I think, Wildwood, I think. Google it. Uh, it's very nice, I suppose to say. This yeah. one is a little bit warm and a little bit still for me, but I'm still enjoying it. Thank you, Jeff Watts. Cheers. Paul, I got you a vodka. Thanks, mate. He likes that early in the morning. Had enough Ribena for the day. Yeah, I'm on to the... Uh, and I'm drinking an Erdinger. <coughs> Which is alcohol-free, Jeff. Alcohol-free vice brow, because I'm a responsible drinker and I'm driving, so I can't have any alcohol. But you're still in the pub, so that's all that matters. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's beer, it's just got no alcohol in it. Exactly, it's a, you don't have to have alcohol in the beer, do you? Mm-hmm. Having said that, I do sometimes find beer to be not the most pleasant drinking drink, pleasant tasting drink. It's not. No, it's not great, but it's alright. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's a nice beer without alcohol. Say it's alcohol free, it then says contains less than 0.5% alcohol. How does that work then? So it's not alcohol free. free. But it's like, it's like Coke Zero, it doesn't have zero calories, does it? No. Diet Coke doesn't make you lose weight. No. Hamburgers don't contain ham. No. Okay. French fries aren't French. So much old coaches aren't very agile. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I was about to be like, dude, alcohol free, <laughs> tastes like, tastes bad, but doesn't give you the benefit. Kind of like some agile implementations. Um, so, why are we here? Why are Where we are we, first of all? Where are we? We've gone to a new, to a new no, today. We haven't. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. We're in a, back to, back to back our to roots. roots. The Knights Templar, probably the most 
common place that we've done yeah, a podcast from, I would imagine. It's, it's, the most, it's the most Weatherspoons, Weatherspoons you'll ever Weatherspoons. No, that's harsh. That's harsh. I've been in more Weatherspoonsy Weatherspoons than this. This, this is all right. Look across the room at <laughs> the audience in this place. It's all right. Well, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm just saying it's Weatherspoony. You don't normally get three drinks for a tenner. That's very Weatherspoonsy. Yeah. 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 That's that is good value. So yeah, okay, what are we going to talk come about in today? More often. What should we talk about? Paul had an idea. No. We, well, we had a question which um, came in a while back. Who I'm, I'm, I'm still um, wondering whether this person is real or fictitious. Really? Because they're, generally their their profile and their Twitter handle uh, names suggests that he's called Jeff. Goddard. Oh, right. <laughs> now, which is just obviously... Is he Cybok to your Spock? Well, maybe, I've just made maybe. a reference that no one just, will get. <laughs> but, um, yes, apparently this person is real. It's not half you, half me. Kind of best or worst of both of us, but we'll see. Um, so, he, did, he linked in with me a while back and said, oh, look at my name, basically. Did he? Yeah. And so I, I, I think he is actually a real person. His question, which came through on Twitter was um, basically subject title Agile PMO. Okay. Truth, uh, kind of myth or you know, reality, will it, will it ever occur? Okay. Is there such a thing? PMO is meaning Project Management Office? Correct. Okay. It's the, it's the vernacular, yes. I'm sure there are other urban dictionary definitions of PMO, which yeah. we won't go into now. Into. What, so what is the function of a PMO, right? Well, um, a PMO for me is someone who is uh, a bit of controlling on process, uh, a top-down unit that helps enforce process and practice what is within a wider organisation. Shall I have a look? So is I that officially the purpose? I believe so. It's, a, it's an office to help ensure project management best practice in traditional projects. Okay. Uh, a, a worse person than we would kind of say like a, a project management Gestapo, really, uh, enforcing the rules and regulations uh, across the wider organisational remit. Right. What, what does Wikipedia say? I'm just looking down here. Mate. It's loading slowly because... We're on 4G, it's quite slow in here. Where the carry on, carry on. Okay, so Sorry, the <laughs> A project management office, abbreviated to PMO, is a group or department within a business, agency or enterprise that defines and maintains standards for project management within the organisation. Okay. The PMO strives to standardise and introduce economies of repetition in the execution of projects. Okay, so standardisation, repetition. Doesn't sound particularly agile. No. no. <coughs> it's, um, and it's like, it's like, like I say, it's trying to leverage and maintain, I think, control to a degree, mm. away from people perhaps actually in those teams doing that work. Well, when you think so, in theory, you suggest in a beautifully agile organisation, there should be no need for that to happen. Well, it's just the tone, isn't it? It's like a top down enforcement of practice office, when really agile is about a bottom up. Uh, encouragement and empowerment of principle organisation. Could you not standardise around values and principles? I'm sure you could. Um, that would be a very different animal, wouldn't it? Yes, be more I presume that's what an agile PMO would be, yeah. a different animal, right? But well, yeah, it's like, the same type of thing. Having said that, uh, how agile is an elephant stops becoming an elephant. I would say there could be a uh, case to be made for an organisation that inspires and engages the wider community through values and principles and learning, 
but that is such a different animal to a PMO, it probably should have a different name. But the Scrum Master Office. So, so, uh, well, all right, hold on. I just had a brain wave. Fart. Dangerous. <laughs> Um, so we were asked Agile PMO. We weren't asked Agile Project Management Office, were we? Agile PMO. We could still have an Agile Product Management yes, Office. Yes, that would be nice. Yes. How would that be different? The focus on the, the product development in an Agile way. Especially, yeah, help. Standardise on frequent iterations, MMFs, RATs. Learning. So you're saying that the P, the, the words PMO, the, the the letters PMO, the letters sorry PMO, are needs to be changed. Possibly, but well, the same because people would throw the words governance at you know, in terms, in terms yeah. of you need governance in projects, you need standards. Yeah. And actually, here's an interesting thing. I'm not sure I would want my product managers, or my product owners, to have exactly the same approach either. You know, imagine something like back to the old BT day, something we used to work on, one of those big legacy Siebel things or something like this, big cost pack. You'd want a very different product management approach to, let's say, something on a BT.com or some sort of startup. In general, though, in general, I want I want to find out where the problems are and where the value is as early as possible, regardless of my product, don't I? But there could be different techniques for that. Okay, but I'm not talking about standardising techniques. I'm talking about standardising principles. Yeah, that'd be fine. The values and principles, though, now would span more than product management. Again, is there a risk of a company trying to come up with their own rather than just you know trying to reinvent the wheel of having their own flavour of those principles, their own flavour of yeah, you know, it's the same thing you experience now. We're having corporate agile, corporate you know, corporate scrum because it's, we need to be a bit different, we need to be a bit more special. Okay. My concern would be more, yes, yeah, Scrum and Agile, Scrum particularly gets corrupted in, in large organisations, but my fear is also just the tone of that office becoming very policeman, mm. you know, very well, important. We had that at didn't we? Yeah, like so the PIR stuff, yeah. you ended up doing Jeff before you um, no, Jeff yeah. no. I thought you were fun doing the net before it happened. That was Steve's area. Um, oh, I, I'm going to tell you what you said a minute ago when, when I interrupted you when you talked about a Scrum Master Office. I think yeah. that kind of looking at PMO as a support function yeah. to support project delivery, yeah. to support product development, mm. I think would be more useful than controlling or standardising. Yeah. 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 Does it, does, so, try to take a step back. A PMO as it currently exists, is it one person? Is it a number of people? Is it office, office suggests there's a, a group of these people that, yeah. that are working together on this. I'm trying to think we never in terms of BT or in or in Nokia there was never anything labelled as such. We had a lot of project managers. There, there was a and they all but they all had different styles, they all had different wants and needs and they asked for different things. There was no kind of standard group. I didn't, I didn't feel particularly in our department or our business that was looking for that. I, I've, seen quite, I've seen quite a few I've seen quite a few in the last like oh, yeah. five yeah, five or ten years or oh, yeah. PMOs quite trying to organise and get some grasp on the, the issues about project management. Because all the issues we discuss with project management they they know about because they're trying to handle it in a very project manager way, which is control standardization, <coughs> reduction of variance. Which of course isn't right. Isn't there a hint of turkeys voting for Christmas though? People that want that are wanting the wrong things. If they see it in, in the traditional sense. Possibly. Yeah. I, I, I think an agile PMO, just a product management office or a scrum management <coughs> office, or even like a an agile management service, like some sort of support system, 
there's a place for that type of thing, but it's such a different animal, I'd be very nervous about how you transition to it or how you explain it. And it would be very easy to add the word agile in front of PMO, and then most of the PMO people think it'll be very similar to what they've done before, yeah, or, even, right. or even just imply it in a similar way. So they yeah. get really into Scrum and really love agile, but they try and push it and implement it in the way they classically have, which would be, I think, deemed a failure. Okay. In a similar way to BT mandating retrospectives every week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. With the same standard four questions. Yeah, the same standard four questions. The more retrospectives they have, the more agile you are. Yeah. The best you get malicious compliance. And it becomes the worse a, you a get. Box ticking exercise. Yeah, box ticking. Then you get. We had teams yeah. in BT that would yeah. rate themselves as a percentage agile based on that kind of. <laughs> Project management office result. I'm 43% agile. Yeah, come on, guys, we can hit 50% agile within this month. Which is I don't know why Peter just didn't use metaphor instead. So I'm saying 43% agile. I'm, I'm agile like a badger. Yeah. <laughs> Moderately <laughs> agile. Moderately agile. Yeah. Badger. Or I'm like a gibbon. Really rather agile. You know, or I'm like a sloth. Hmm. Right. As agile as a. Would the, uh, the would the mountain goat always come out on top? We've had this conversation well, before. I don't know. I saw, I saw a video on YouTube of the mountain goat dying. In fact, mountain goat died in Bristol recently. Oh, I've seen mountains in Bristol. No, no, but they've got, they've got these like, mountain goats living on the side of the gorge. Like, okay. they're chewing the, the crud and the... the, the, the <laughs> you know what I mean? All the... Thanks, guys. All the, the grass, all the naff stuff on the side of the gorge, whatever yeah. you call it. Okay. What's the right word for it? It's, um, <laughs> it's a cud. Hud, rather than the crud. That's the right word for. They love. That's the right word. But they <laughs> meant that, and one, and one, of, them, and one of them got stuck and fell and died. <laughs> and they found this dead body at the bottom of the gorge. Really? I'm sure it was Bristol. I'm sure it was. How do you know it wasn't and, and these wild animals living in... Well, semi-wild. They've been placed there, but they're not cared for by anyone. Right. Their job is to just do their thing. Then and fell and died, so... I, I would have suggested, perhaps, that some sort of um, uh, primate, like a gibbon or something, would be more agile than a mountain goat. Even though mountain goats can perch quite precariously oh, on cliffs, um, they're kind of like surviving, when really what you want is something that's quite live and using it to live. Like and a, a gibbon. I don't know, but um, well, something that's adapted to its environment. Yeah, but it's quite a flexible in, in a wide space, four-dimensional space. Something that's, that, that adapts. Oh, I said any animal that evolves. works in four dimensions is probably a bit better than just two dimensions, three dimensions. Jellyfish, or maybe this maybe could it's be more organism as well combined. Not one thing, is it? A jellyfish. No brain. Yeah, it's like loads of organisms living together. <coughs> anyway. I think bears are quite agile, to be frank. Oh. And I'll say, far more agile, than, far more agile than flies. Clang, <laughs> agile fly. There you go. Clang. Anyway, uh, moving back on. to an agile PMO. Where, where we, yeah, we're not on, on tangent then. So, do we, do, okay. So, a PMO as it is. I think it's got too much. I think it's too much baggage. I think it's got too much yeah. baggage yeah. history. Yeah. I think I, it would have. To, I think you could have something that. Provides a similar support network, but it's a very different, like you said, a very different beast. It would almost be standardising differentiation. Yes. Yes. Formalising the fact it's okay to be non-standard. Sharing variants. Yes. So creating a community so you can share different aspects of variants. Making it okay to do things differently. Yeah. Basically, Mm. permission to try things out. But also being there to catch out when variants goes wrong, when variants goes right. Hey man, we tried to vary by combining the Scrum Master and the Polytone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Shouldn't shouldn't that be happening locally anyway? Could be, but you never know. I've always said coaches need coaches, you know, so yeah. even though you should be, should is not a strategy, you should be coaching that, because of course we should, but it's nice to have a bit more support just in case. 
peer coaches, peer training, peer everything. So there we go. Jeff, I don't know if we answered your question. Well, maybe maybe we can iterate on it. Maybe you can give us some feedback on that and maybe we can try again next time if yeah. we haven't. Tell I us would, about your PMO. I would, yeah, I'd like to know what's going on in his organisation that causes us to think about that. Is, is Mr Jeff Goddard a PMO man himself? Looking I'm wondering if he changed his name by Dean Cole just to just to be like more like me and you, Jeff. <laughs> Only if his middle name's Nigel. <laughs> Which is there, there were no Nigels born last year. I, well, they, is it surprising? Given well, the, the, the Nigel, Nigel Farage. Farage. Nigel Kennedy. Nigel Mansell. Exactly. Yeah. We're a cool bunch of guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cool name anymore, Nigel. Mind you, one. neither is Jack. Neither is Paul, actually. No, I Paul We're all got classic. very kind of 1980s names, really. Either we're born in the 70s. You were born yeah. in the 70s, weren't you, Jeff? Yep. Just about. Um, Something I do with my, with, with their, my kind of parent friends at my kids' schools that we compare names. And I've got a friend called Keith, and he said, no, nobody calls their child Keith no. anymore. No. Shouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> They Hello, Keith, you, if you're listening. They stop you, don't they? They stop you naming kids names that would uh, be cruel. Or, but, yeah. I did that, I they? that in Sweden, or uh, uh, Scandinavian countries. You're actually not allowed to so have So they'll refuse names. it if, if they think that's, oh, that's going to degrade this, this child's upbringing. Yeah, really? yeah but, but how can they do that? It was like eight Khaleesi's born last year or something. Oh, okay. Thrones. I oh, had did a, you see Jon Snow's getting married to Ygritte? Uh, yes. In real yes, life? Yes. yes. I had a kid turn up you for rugby. No, I'm changing the subject. I had a kid turn up for rugby today. Um, I, said, I probably shouldn't say this actually. Called Phoenix. That's quite a good name actually. Isn't Phoenix? Um, one of Beckham's kids called that or something? As long as it's spelled the comp- PH, not F E E N I X. I didn't ask the six year old boy how he spelled his name. But I thought that was, that was a, I thought he said Felix to begin with. Yeah. But no, Phoenix. But no, I, I, wouldn't, I would never name my child with that, but it's a pretty cool name. It's better than me named Wayne. You, you guys are really pissing off a lot of people right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this no, is but this but bit no, like, 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 no, no, it's fine. Because, like, I'm called Nigel, so I'm allowed to comment on anything, really. <laughs> you know I mean? But it's um, but how the, the taste of the name changed. Were you named after someone, Nigel? I was named after Nigel Patrick, the British actor, who appeared in the film uh, The Sound Barrier. Okay. My father named after me. I was supposed to be called Peter. And the family had had a meeting and self-organised and decided to call me Peter. And when I was born, I was so sickly and near death, my mum said, oh, just name the baby like, before it dies, basically. <laughs> and I, uh, my father arbitrarily chose the name Nigel. Because one, he liked it, and maybe he was saving Peter for the next one. <laughs> but um, so I was Nigel, so when they got home, they were all like, what? <laughs> my brother and sister were all like 10 to 15 at the time. They were like, what? I would be a little Peter. bit scared if Jeff Goddard's middle name is Nigel. That would be a bit strange. I would be a little Please, bit Jeff, tell us in the next podcast. Yeah, we need to know your middle name. And Jeff. tell us the truth, because if it we is... Want to see, we want to see a picture of your birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, Agile PMOs. What other things have you seen along the lines of that? So we've got a little bit of time left. Like Agile your, PMOs? Yeah, something similar. I mean, like, where you think, well, I can see kind of the source benefit, almost as like a little pattern that could be good, lying deep in the ocean, but it's been covered with so much craft. You can't you hardly get to it. Craft is a legitimate word we've discussed before. <laughs> um, yes, we have, yeah. It's a software development word, and since neither <laughs> I was the software developer here, except for Garbagiri, Paul Goddard. Jeff Watts, it's a great spreadsheet. Poverty and loss. <laughs> Balance. Um, Changes in lavender, please. Yeah, lavender change. Um, so what either way, what does your t shirt stand for? We are the superlative conspiracy. What does that mean? I don't know, I just, I don't know. It was cheap, I think. You could be sending out some weird message there. You could be backing some, like, 
uprising. I've never looked, never looked at it in that way, Jeff. So anyway, getting off the subject. Yeah. Um, so it's something like a PMO you see in organisations where it's a bit like oh. Well, isn't it kind of professional communities based like similar standards and. Or do you Best mean taking practice. a traditional, traditional... Well, what I'm saying is, like, you can see... Because I said, I've said before, and I've said this to you guys, and you've said it a hundred times as well, process is scar tissue, right? Something's gone wrong in the past somewhere for someone, and so that thing exists for a legitimate reason. People don't make things up deliberately to be stupid. It's all sensible reasoning. It's just sometimes the reasoning's quite far away from the original actual situation. So a PMO, I could easily see the underlying reasons behind that. Mm-hmm. I can see the pattern. And even a good pattern, like a professional community pattern lying quite deep you know they've just got a bit away from it okay. and so if we scrape away at that and get back to the basics we can find something really good there I was wondering if there was anything else on the, on the tip of your tongue or you could think about in, in traditional organisations that could be something similar to the, the PMO you know. objectives yeah maybe something like that would be interesting would be cool I guess the idea there is to tap into motivation yeah but yeah. a bit misguided yeah as it turns out. Yeah. A little bit individual based often, which yeah. causes people to store and look after themselves and self-optimise. Yeah, I think that'd be quite interesting. What else? It's like, I was the other day, um, um, I worked in an organisation that was really um, a stick to the plans again. You know, how it used to be a stick to the plans, so we've got to have all this stuff by a certain date. I think I had not had that experience in so long. I was kind of like a bit, oh, oh, that's, that's quaint, <laughs> that's sweet, <laughs> like, oh wow, welcome to the 90s, you know, like, I forgot because they had all the legitimate reasons for doing it, yeah. oh, we promised to the clients, you know, we've got all this stuff, we've got to get it there, we're going to get paid, and you have to sort of scrape back the traditional um, noise again, back to the reality. I just wonder if there's anything else out there. Couldn't it be it something more around standards around, probably a bit something of a deeper than development standards, but kind of, I'm thinking definite, definition of done type stuff, DevOps type stuff that kind of quality, the, the level of quality in terms of the products we're building. So we don't have yeah. to even discuss it. That's, the, that's what you, we're kind of... Do you think things like normalising points then? Where teams will say, always have the same story points and things like that. Certainly this. in terms of... Not, not necessarily about estimation and sizing work, but certainly in terms of the expectations of quality, I think could be whether you establish you're a company that de- develops kind of you know cheap, cheaper solutions, or whether you're a Volkswagen yeah. kind of middle of the road solution or a Bentley type, yeah. Maserati type yeah. solution. But I think I think a lot of developers get mixed up around what they're expected to do. Yeah. And maybe just establishing a sense of this is what we, as a company, define as our const- constraints around quality. What well, we like, accept, what we don't. It's like rigor, isn't it? In general, I remember I did that. Um, that do you remember I did that Scrum and Carno survey years ago? I sort of surveyed loads of people and did Carno analysis on Scrum itself. And the one of the interesting themes that was running there was how unimportant people who are fairly new to Scrum thought things like the definition of done was or just defining in general. They were really sort of not lackadaisical really. Yeah. What came and out as optional? Loads of stuff came out. Um, so people, uh, what I found interesting with those trends was things on quality and on soft, 
quality biscuit was really uh, the newer you were to Agile, the far less important you took it. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So the newbies were all like, oh, definition of done, that's nice. You know, and only the experts were saying, no, this is compulsory, you've really got to put some effort in. And things like engineering practices were, were exciting, even for experts. So even for like people who have been doing it for a long time, they were like, ooh, wow, we're doing TDD. Yeah, yeah. And that was both lovely and terrifying. You know, the idea of like non-flaccid agility being it's still a positive. The thing if, if you if I was to look at the yeah, people that yeah. attend the courses yeah. that I do, there still seems to be it's the biggest knowledge gap is around the kind of not not so much the engineering skills, but the the, the mechanisms on how to reliably deliver work rather than the structure and the backlog so, of the artifacts. Here's a question for you: Should there be an SDO rather than a PMO? A SD. software, oh, software development office. In term, what would they do? Uh, people in terms of growing and enforcing and being rigorous about engineering practice. But doesn't that technically, doesn't that remove responsibility from the people who are actually doing it? Yeah, I think much like a PMO is not supposed to remove the project manager's responsibility, it's an extra layer. It's a support layer. Yeah, there should be some sort of support layer. I think there's definitely more, because it always takes more effort than people imagine. Yeah. It always requires more cost than people imagine. But why should it take, like, having a special office of nine people helping organise spreadsheets? Yeah. Yeah, everyone else is special, organise their own professional practice on their own, off their own backs, ad hoc. That's a thought, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The look of contempt that Jeff Watts has given me now is a look to behold. <laughs> um, yeah, software doesn't, doesn't float my boat. <laughs> Jeff's a well, people person. Well, Jeff, you wouldn't have to be in the SDO, by the way. You wouldn't have to be there. If your company in, is in the world of developing software, yes. I think it's a useful yeah. uh, support network. You would think like an architect's office traditionally was supposed to do that, but most of them couldn't even program. So, you know what I mean? It's not You've got to be careful you don't drift back into yeah. hierarchy. Enforcement shapes. Fa- and yeah. just, just phases. Yeah. Before you end up with a testing yeah. kind of, you know, testing community and things like that. that I, I could see in large organisations having some sort of software development coaching group. Could be good. Yeah. But I, I don't, I haven't ever seen that in the wild. Or any of those groups should just be informal, self-fulfilling, self-policing. Yeah. Self-staffing. Oh, we gonna take communities. Well, it's better than just giving someone the job to do it, and everyone else thinks, okay, it's not my job to improve software. Yeah. So, just me. Little bit spit there. Little gift. Little gift. Got a towel anyway. So I wouldn't edit that out. <laughs> you won't edit that. That's a towel. You didn't know editing at all. We had no a, idea. This is press play. Was, press stop. That's why. What, what we had was um, Robin Hackshaw. He's a he's a, he's a long time. Uh, the world's first ACSM. <coughs> Robin Hackshaw um, tweeted in. This came in a few days ago, a few weeks ago, and said, "Have you got any? Have you got like a list, a, a podcast full of outtakes?" Can you do like an outtake special? Yeah. So maybe this will be the start of it. <laughs> <laughs> Ones where Nigel spits all over Jeff during when he's at Jura. I did not one spit. You did. It was a. It was a, a. I didn't spit. It was a particle of <laughs> saliva. Saliva. That happened to beach Jeff Watts. Mainly because he was giving me a look of complete contempt for the idea of software <laughs> development being important. Uh, right, back, back, back to back to back to back to basics. 
There we go. So, add our PMO, software development O, or maybe some form of ad hoc community to help I think you've got to be careful experience. you don't just the words office. Yeah, the office. Well, software development turns me off. Office also turns me off. There's not really a lot going for it for me. But uh, uh, where you're coming from, I can see where you're coming from. As, a, as an ex-developer, I think that would be interesting. Having some sort of coaching community to help you grow and improve would be pretty awesome. I didn't think I had a single second of coaching outside of the training course. No? No. Uh, pretty sure I didn't. Not from Gavin? Gareth. Gareth, that's it. No. No. There's, there's, a, there's a first, me getting a name wrong and you getting one right. <laughs> no. We should not mention Gareth. John um, Mill? Lovely guy, John. I don't think he coached me or anything. Mm-hmm. I read the code number. I don't remember the same guy. Someone showed me something I didn't know. AJ? <laughs> this will be outtake material. <laughs> AJ's more your sphere. Yeah. Itself. Well, he taught me what I knew. All you knew. I'll drive. No, this one. We're going to have to bin this one. Not bin it, just tune this bit out. <laughs> um, so, let's stop there. So, we've done Agile PMO, we've talked about software development offices, we've talked about, we've talked about um, other patterns that could potentially be wrong, like traditional plans, etc. Is there anything else that, you know, if given the chance, you would scratch away and get back to the original pattern? You know? Budgeting. I think that would be really cool, yeah. Do you want to expand on that? No. Hey! <laughs> This is, is interesting, isn't it? The entire budgeting conversation, how it's, I think it's it's basically been the first step that's limited a lot of agility in many organisations. Yeah. They want to do well, big lumps of money yeah. and have big detail to handle it's, it. It's threatening for them to operate on a time and materials basis, isn't it? That's, that's the thing. It's, yeah. It's all, uh, clients will never buy that. They'll never buy the fact that they, we have to establish a sense of trust before we manage to go. It's funding. even more interesting than that. I think if some organisations do big lumps of funding because doing small lumps are hard, but rather than make small lumps easy, they just stay on big lumps. Or worse still, they do big lumps and then have lots of ad- ad- evidence to, to identify why they should do a big lump of money. When they don't realise that they just worked on small lumps of money, they can get away with much lighter evidence and much less risk. But why do they, the question is, why do they do that? Probably because the contracting process is so heavy, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they do that? Because there's a lack of trust between the, them and the client. Yeah. If but you fix that, you don't need to contract so much. You can get yeah. more things done, more but stuff even, done. But I even seem to do this internally. So there's no client at all, except it's just them. It's their internal money. And still, like the, 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 the finance department doesn't want to release a million for a system, legitimately. Why can't they just break it down and release twenty thousand? You know, which is a lot of money, but not a lot in terms of big companies. It is bonkers, isn't it? So I think it, it makes you almost think there needs to be like an agile for budgeting. I know people talk about beyond budgeting, etc. Just like agile budgeting, really. I think it'll be quite interesting. Small lumps, frequently evidence, feedback based. Yeah. I think well, that, that, that would actually be a top-down thing that would actually work to help yeah. improve agile in the wider organisation. Release planning is the middle ground for me there. Yeah. Just start by shortening your horizons. Yeah. Give someone the opportunity to see where we're going and the opportunity to, to manage it incrementally along the way. I know a few agencies I've worked with over the years that have basically changed their contracting kind of tendering process away from paperwork to face to face release planning type methods whereby We'll pay for you, the client to come in for a day, sit with some of our development team and basically construct a plan. Yeah. And if you like it, you can, you know... Buy it. <laughs> you can buy, well, you don't have to buy all of it. You yeah. can buy, yeah. fund it for X time or put so much money behind it. 
if you don't want it, you walk away. Yeah. So there are there are obvious difficulties, but they're not insurmountable. No. no. But uh, the first one of the first times we did that at BT, the problem was we had to ring fence a team. Yeah quite a big team, quite an expensive team, without any guarantee of funding past the first sprint, did we? Yeah. That's, that's quite quite a big risk for a yeah. project management office who were, yeah. who were well, metriced on utilisation. Well, you see that, I just worked with one web firm that would, they had run up a mundown. They would say, you can stop at any time, but because they've got a like, contingency plan, their yeah. people, they say, you stop now, there's like a three week yeah. run on, so you get another three weeks, yeah. so it's bad risk here. Yeah. So that gives enough time to actually plan ahead. Yeah. So it gives them just the planning ways that they need, it still gives you sufficient agility to move on, so... Yeah, they're not insurmountable. No, exactly, yeah, I agree. It's just it's different. Yeah. It's just different how, to how we've done things in the past. Mm. Yeah, so, um... I'm still hoping that one day we're going to get a kind of online debate-slash-conversation from one of these podcasts that we have. And maybe well, you, you mean set two of our Twitter followers, or your Twitter followers, so I've seen them. <laughs> Two of your Twitter followers uh, on each other and have them have a little discussion in the in the notes. Well, I just yeah, I'd like I'd like to like need a to hashtag. Is that uh, yeah? Maybe we do. Maybe we need it. Maybe we need a hashtag. I mean, if nothing else, just just tag at the Agile Podcast in there. But the hashtag maybe around Agile PMO. Maybe that's that's the hashtag yeah. Agile yeah. PMO. Let's see if we can start a conversation about Agile yeah. PMO. Because to be honest, the three of us here, we're not going to solve that problem. No. We're not going to we're not going to rewrite history. It's going to be the community that does it. Yeah. It's going to be someone who does it and then start, shares that story and that narrative gets communicated, passed on, and changed. So here's the deal: if they have a chat in the comments about Agile PMO, we'll discuss that next time we get together. Okay. Okay. Use that as a subject matter. We'll pick it up on it and see where we go with it. Hope that sounds good for the, uh, the fellow, um, go, Jeff. fellow not, not Agile you, Jeff. publicans. Jeff yeah. Goddard. Is it yeah. Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, or yeah, J-A? Spell correctly. Exactly. Oh, your middle name has so got to be Nigel. Alright, that's a quick one this week, boys, but here we go. See you again, chat. Short but sweet. Cheerio.